I was praying about what to speak to you about today and a lot of subjects came to mind but one of the things that stuck out clearly or I feel God was telling me to talk to you about is love and caring for each other and these questions kept on going through my mind are people aware of how much God loves them or do they love themselves and do they love others so let's just open with prayer Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would give me the words to say, that you would touch our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I've repeated myself a few times throughout this message, but I've done this on purpose, as I believe it reinforces what is said. Now, the Greek word for love is philio, which means friendship or affection. Then we have eros, which is a passionate love. But then we have agape, the love God has for his son and the human race. It's a love that sacrifices. Often our understanding of love can be too low. Love is not a theory or a warm and fuzzy feeling. It is deeds. Love in action is doing something for someone in any situation. What are we doing for people? How are we treating people? Who aren't they, especially the ones that aren't nice to us? I ask myself, how did I treat that sales clerk? Was I impatient while I was waiting to be served? If we have this warm and fuzzy interpretation of love, we will find it difficult or even impossible to, to love someone who is hostile or unpleasant. We need to walk in love, not just talk about it. Love is about action, not, not just feeling. It is about how we treat people, even those who are very difficult. You've probably had the experience when you feel as if you are treading on eggshells around people. In other words, you have to be very careful what you say or they will get offended. Love is often preached from pulpits, but when does love become a reality? It needs to move from our heads to our hearts. You're probably saying, oh, that's easy, because as Christians, we love everyone. Well, I have to disagree here, so let me throw out a few thoughts. We are called to love that person who just humiliated us in front of a whole lot of people and love that person who cut us off on the road. What about the person who's offended us years ago? Are we still holding that against them? Do we love people who may be different from us? For example, not our type. Do we love the unlovable? Do we treat everyone as equal? Or do we judge people on how they are dressed, what they look like, or their socioeconomic background? Now, do you still think it's easy to love everyone? Because of our imperfections, it is not easy, but with God's love, it is. Love will show God to others, or our lack of love will reflect badly. And Matthew 22, 36 to 40, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Nothing is as important as this command from our Father. 
You can be the greatest preacher in the world, know every scripture in the Bible, be aware of everything to do with spiritual warfare and laying on of hands of the sick. But if you don't have love in your heart, it is nothing. It is worthless. It means nothing. Oswald Chambers, who was the author of My Utmost for the Highest, quoted, If human love does not carry a man beyond himself, it is not love. If love is always discreet, always wise, always sensible and calculating, never carried beyond itself, it is not love at all. It may be affection, may be warmth of feeling, but has not the true nature of love in it. We all need love, and God's love is always there waiting for you to accept it. But it can also be meaningless if you don't know how to give and show love. Do you love yourself? God loves you so much, but if you don't love yourself, how can you love others? And if you don't love others, how can you truly love your Creator? 1 John 3.10 says, Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Love is so important that it binds us together and gives hope. If everything is going our way and we have no problems and we are happy, then it is easy to love. But when someone upsets us, all of a sudden, love is a thing of the past and instead, anger and rudeness may kick in. We're all aware of the wonderful chapter in Corinthians, which we coin the love chapter, chapter 13, where Paul emphasizes the importance of love. And in Ephesians 5, 2, he states, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We are instructed to walk in love and therefore delight ourselves in others, and that means taking an interest in people. There is no logic in love. Look at Paul when he was in prison, chained and tortured, and only one thing got him through his physical pain, and that was his love of God in Christ Jesus. How do we treat people? Do we take an interest in them? Do we really, really listen to someone? It takes time and effort to get to know a person. And for heaven's sake, when you're talking to somebody, ask how they are. Don't keep on going on about your own woes, which I must admit I've fallen into that trap. Now, are you willing to do this? Look beyond the surface and show an interest in what a person is saying. Too often, we are too hasty in our judgment of someone, or we don't care enough to listen and acknowledge that person. You might say, oh, that's nothing to do with love, but yes, it is. If you love someone, what they are saying to you should be important to you, because if you care about them, you care about what they are saying. You care about what is important to them. We are too busy thinking about ourselves and not thinking or caring about the other person. But let me pause here and say, I see the love of people in this church since I've been here and the caring that you show to each other. It is wonderful and you will be truly blessed as you encourage each other in the family of God.
Now, how did Jesus treat people? He always had time for people. He never brushed them off or said he didn't have time or he was too busy. He loved people so much, he wanted to introduce them to his father, which we read about in a beautiful chapter in John, which chapter, chapter 17. Now, if 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 8, was read first thing every morning, I believe we wouldn't have the problems we have today. We need to say these verses over and over again until the words really sink in. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. How can we expect people to want to know God when we don't show love to each other? What would attract them to Christianity if all they can see is hypocrisy and gossiping? In John 21, Jesus instructs Peter to take care of my sheep, the people. And in Matthew 5.44, he instructs us to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Look at what God did for us in the name of love. He gave his son to die for us. A beautiful verse, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He's asking us to love those who he has created. But no, someone upsets us or doesn't agree with us. And we get on our high horse responding with, who does she think she is? Fancy talking to me like that. I know because I've done that more than once. And the truth be known, I still do. But thank heavens God is working in that area of my life. John 13, 39 says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This verse identifies us as disciples with God's interest in other people. The evidence of our love for him is the spontaneity of love, of our love. It comes naturally if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. We are then living according to his standard without knowing it. We love because he first loved us. Don't try to prove to God that you love him and you love others. It doesn't work that way. How can we love God and at the same time hold a grudge against someone or be offended because someone upsets us? When this happens, quickly ask for God's forgiveness and a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it with the help of the whole, without the help of the Holy Spirit, so don't even try did Jesus get offended? No, he didn't, but there are ample times that he could quite rightly do so. Can you imagine him saying, well, I'm not going to heal him because he didn't ask nicely? Or who do those Jewish leaders think they are speaking to me like that? Don't they know who I am? These words are not in his character because he knew who he was and that he was about his father's business. And this was more important than wasting time getting offended. He loved everyone, and quite honestly, I don't think he knew how to get offended. So that brings me to the question, are we better than Jesus? Do we put ourselves higher than him? We are doing just that if we don't abide by his teachings. It is absurd to look for the love of God in our hearts naturally. It is only there 
when it has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. If you are lacking in love, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with love, to show you how to love, to bring people to you who are full of love. Perhaps search out all the verses in the Bible relating to love and study them. One of the greatest scriptures is John 15, 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. How would you react if someone, who perhaps didn't smell very nice, came and sat down next to you in a train or a bus or even at church? Would you be tempted to move? It is easier to love the lovable when we feel like it, but it is not so easy to love that person who may not have had a wash for a very long time or the person who is always moody and rude. Joyce Meyer, preacher and teacher, expanded her church and created the Dream Centre in St Louis. The ministry went out to encourage the homeless and those living on the streets to attend. However, as many people off the streets started attending, some regular attendees left the church because it was beneath them to worship with those who didn't smell too good. Now in Luke 6, 32, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you good, do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. It doesn't matter how much we talk about love, how many dollars we give to humanitarian organisations, or what is preached on love, it is all worthless if we fail to express love, the very essence of what our Heavenly Father is. Our responsibility as Christians is to love one another. Love is thinking ahead about a person, being concerned for them, wanting to do things for them, don't just say you love them. Show by action. Do it in a practical way. Buy a coffee for them. Invite them around for a meal. Give something anonymously to help someone. And let me add here, don't develop a you-owe-me mentality. This is not love or caring if you can only do something for someone expecting them to pay you back. How can we expect unbelievers to know God and accept Jesus if we fail to love others? They will see Christians being rude to each other, speaking abruptly, not showing sensitivity when required, gossiping, etc. So their natural response will be, is that Christianity? We have to demonstrate to the world our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have failed God if we do not show the love of Christ. There's so many verses in the Bible about love, so why is it taking so long for us to really understand it and accept it? Let me take a step further. If you love God, then you must love people, and if you love people, you must have a heart for them, and that is caring for them. You cannot love God on one hand and ignore people on the other. Can you comprehend the enormity of God's love? He loves and cares for everyone, and I believe it saddens him to see how little we care for our brothers and sisters. As I said earlier, caring for someone is getting to know that person and listening to them. Do we actually listen to what he or she has said and ask questions? Or are we in a hurry for them to finish so we can say your peace? 
and I've been guilty of that as well. Hope I don't do it now. How much do you know about the person sitting next to you? Go out of your way to help people. Walk in Jesus' footsteps. In the New Testament, Jesus was helping someone, whether it was teaching, healing, feeding, or just being a friend. A good way to show love is to visit the elderly in nursing homes. Some of these residents never get visitors. Now, Oswald Chambers again states, God continually introduces us to people for whom we have no affinity. And unless we are worshipping God, the most natural thing to do is to treat them heartlessly. A heartless Christian must be a terrible grief to our Lord. Ask God to give you his ears and his eyes. <clears throat> Ask God for discernment as to who needs comforting and who needs your time. How many people do you know who are in need of help? A lot of people won't ask for help for a number of reasons. So don't fall into the trap of saying, well, they didn't ask for help. Either they are independent and don't want to ask, they're too shy, or have asked in the past and have been let down. When you visit someone who is sick or had surgery, look around and see what needs to be done. Housework, washing, putting clothes on the line, grocery shopping, and don't forget their pets. Yes, they are family and they need feeding and walking. I have two cats and when I was recovering from surgery, some people just did not understand that I couldn't bend down to clean and empty litter trays, poop patrol as I call it. So keep that in mind if someone you are visiting has cats. <laughs> it really goes down to simply using your initiative. What you do at home is what you do at someone else's place. It's not rocket science. It calls for a caring and thoughtful heart, showing the, lo the loving heart of God. Caring is putting yourself out. If you're always trying to fit somebody into your schedule, it is not caring but instead it is about you. It is also a good idea to check with the person in hospital or if they are recuperating at home as to whether they are up to visitors. Now, pastoral care is a ministry and like everything else, it requires commitment. Can you imagine telling your boss that you don't feel like doing a particular task today but you'll consider looking at it tomorrow? I don't think that would go down very well in the workforce. Caring is not an optional extra. It is fundamental to being a Christian. And caring is also showing compassion. As I mentioned earlier, it is easy to love those who are easy to get on with, or lovable, as they say, but sometimes it is not so easy to love a person who hasn't taken a shower recently. There was an article on this very thing, accepting someone who may have a flaw. It was in the Word for Today many years ago, I'll read it out to you, but forgive me if I get emotional because I always do when I read this. The phone rang in a high society Boston home. A son who had just returned from Vietnam was calling from California. His parents were the cocktail circuit party kind. The boy said, Mum, I just called to tell you that I want to bring a buddy home with me. His mother said, sure, bring him home along for a few days. But mother, there is something you need to know about him. One leg is gone, one arm is gone, one eye is gone, and his face is disfigured. 
His mother said, it's okay, bring him home for a few days anyway. The son said, you don't understand. I want to bring him home to live with us. After a long pause, the mother began to make excuses and she said, but what would people think? How could we take care of him given our busy lives? And the phone clicked. A few hours later, the Californian Police Department called. Again, the mother picked up the phone and a voice said, we have found a boy with one arm, one leg, one eye and a mangled face. He just committed suicide. His identification papers say he is your son. Love and caring are paramount to bringing people to Christ. If you don't have love in your heart, how can you begin to show the Father's love? It has been said that more people have been driven from the church by the hardness and ugliness of so-called Christians than by all the doubts in the world. And what is our guide to living? Our roadmap, or as we say today, our GPS, the Bible. God wants us to yearn for it in such a way that we cannot wait to open it and read it zealously. He wants to speak to us through his word and doesn't want us to get committed to a whole lot of causes that we don't have time for him. He wants a relationship with you and me more than anything. Jeremiah says in chapter 15, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. I love that and we need to feel that way about the Bible, God's holy word. If not, it should be. Don't fall short of his blessings by being arrogant and proud. Instead, be loving and caring. You know we only have one shot of life, so let your life be on fire with love. Make it a priority to grow in love by the power of his spirit. Albert Schweitzer said, in everyone's life, at some time our inner fire goes out. It is then burst into flame by an encounter with another human being. We should all be thankful for those people who kindled that inner spirit. You can never merit the love of God or fathom the marvel of the love he showed on the cross at Calvary. And the last, I would like to close with some favourite verses of mine from a little book called If by Carolyn Herman. If you can always use your talents wisely, remaining calm when everything goes wrong, relying on your faith to make you strong and wonder at the wisdom of God's love. If you can be aware of human weakness, yet criticize the thoughtlessness, thoughtlessness you've shown, and when your heart is breaking, keep believing that other hearts are sadder than your own. If you can disregard the faults of others and love them for the good that they have done, if you can overlook your needs and troubles, and always try to help the other one. If you can light the light way by your example and offer understanding, sympathy, then you will have the joy that comes from knowing you're the person God intended you to be. Let me just close with prayer. Thank you, God, for being our Father, and thank you for your love. And I pray that as these words settle in our hearts, you will guide us as we reach out to others. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.